Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, and I am fired up to announce that joining me after, I don't know, three, four hundred missed episodes. I mean, it's been crazy long. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's going what's on, What's up, Dev Nation? And what's up, Bram? I miss you, too. Yeah, there you go. I uh, was trying to talk more shit than to tell you that I missed you, but I mean, I'll take the <laughs> I missed you, too. It is just you and I today, man. A two-man booth scenario and we've got our work cut out for us we gotta break down the top 10 members of the warriors dynasty and i'm hoping that you feel hella pressure i mean you haven't been here for a while it's just you and i it's a big topic uh so you know give us give us a glimpse into that man you a little nervous or not so much 
A little, but mostly just for who are players three through ten. I already know one and two for sure. Todd Fuller and Zarko Chaparkapa. <laughs> I'll have you know that I will not have you slander Zarko Chaparkapa. <laughs> I was a huge Zarko fan, and I'm not going to sit idly by and have you talk shit. I remember reading some story about Zarko. So for people who may be new to the Warriors dynasty, uh, way back when the Warriors were as awful as they could possibly be, and one of the errors for that is they had like multiple euros in the locker room. I remember it was Zarko and Nicholas Sikovili. And the reason they stick out is because a story came out where they would do weird ass things that nobody else understood in the locker room and then start laughing. Like someone would open up a locker and there'd be like three random pens and a candle in there. And Sikovili and Zarko would run out like, ah, and nobody got it at all. So again, I will not have you shithouse Zarko Shabakova. <laughs> Number two greatest player of all time. He wasn't even in the dynasty, but he is now. Exactly right. Before we get to the dynasty, we have kind of a, a serious uh, thing to cover. It's the Robert Sarver thing. And it's more than that. It's his recent comments. So we knew the Sarver investigation was coming. We knew that the findings ultimately came down and Sarver got suspended for a year. In fact, I've always found that I am not the best source uh, to describe things. So instead, I'll turn to somebody far more important. This is how the New York Times defined the findings uh, from the NBA investigation of Robert Sarver. Quote, after speaking with more than 300 current and former employees and looking at over 80,000 documents, emails, text messages and videos, the investigators found that Sarver repeatedly used a particularly repulsive racist term that starts with an N. The league also reported that Sarver ran his team like he was the sophomore president of the rowdiest frat house on campus. Sounds an awful lot like Donald Sterling, the former owner of the Clippers, whose racism got him bounced from the NBA permanently in 2014. And so there's the investigation, right? But unlike uh, Sterling, the league only suspended Sarver for a single year, and then they hit him with a $10 million fine. Something that's nasty for you and I, you know, I'll never make that money in my entire life, but probably doesn't mean shit to Robert Sarver. But instead of serving that suspension, Robert Sarver is now going to sell the team, um, both teams. He owns both the Suns and uh, the Mercury, and then dropped this quote, quote, as a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path of forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. But in our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that there is no longer that possibility, that whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by the things I've said in the past. For those reasons, I'm beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury. And good news, MT, uh, it took me a minute, but I was able to find a website that translates douchebag back into English. And what that website told me is that what he just said is, it's not or it's not in particularly fair that people will remember I'm a racist piece of shit a year from now. So I am taking my ball and going home. Dude, can this fool is playing the victim card. After he got hit, 80,000 documents 300 employees verify that this fool is dropping N-bombs and he's coming out talking about the good he did and it's too bad he can't just serve his one year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was aggressive. It was, you know, a sad situation for the league that it's it's home to a diverse audience of, of people who work as employees and, and a fan base. And anytime you hear that, um, you know, it's just, it's disappointing. I, I think 
Draymond and CP3 um, and a few other players voiced it well too. Like the expectation after the league announced that it was a year suspension um, and the expectation that they were supposed to just move on in a year as if nothing had happened and that hadn't occurred and welcome uh, Mr. Sarver into, you know, back into the brotherhood of, of the NBA is just, um, it's a tough proposition. It's a tough sell. And it's, it was just made doubly hard by the league's response, you know, like Adam Silver, we always talk great about him. We, we promote how he's probably the best commissioner in all of sports of the major sports leagues, at least. And, um, his response to Donald Sterling was, you know, swift and it was strong and it was right at the beginning of his tenure. And it kind of gave him um, a lot of social capital with the players in the league. And um, he's kind of been riding that since. And then you got to this point and the response was a lot more measured and not as strong in, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, it's just, I think it took a lot of the players by surprise. I think, um, Adam Silver probably wished he could have redone it after he saw kind of the reaction to it. But um, all in all, it's it's probably shouldn't be surprising that Sarver is playing the victim card. Um, but what he said and when you saw the details of what he was doing, it's just any other person in that situation would have been fired. So the the fact that he gets to sell on his own terms and play the victim card is an, an unfortunate little win unto itself for him. I haven't spent a single minute inside the doors in Phoenix. I've never met Robert Sarver. I never will meet Robert Sarver. You know, I don't have any personal knowledge of what the hell happened there. Um, although if you believe any of the words from that investigation, it sounds like a pretty toxic and nasty and misogynistic situation. But what I can tell you is that, so I just read that quote, if nothing else, if nothing else, he couldn't be more fucking tone deaf. I mean, he understands what's going on. He understands the perception of it. He, he is now apparently admitting that he needs to go. He recognizes that this is no longer a place where he belongs. And instead of just shutting up, disappearing and making the, mil the hundreds of millions of dollars he's going to make on this sale, he still has to come out and let everybody know, oh, I'm not sure I did anything really wrong here, which is preposterous. It's preposterous. But I'll tell you what might be even a little bit more scary, and you just kind of put your, your finger on it, is the NBA's response. So I wasn't a part of the investigation either, you know, and so who knows exactly what they found, although I, I did read the findings. And if you look back, so I've always loved Adam Silver, and the principal reason we gave him credit is how he handled the Donald Sterling thing, right? But the, the giant difference in Sterling and Sarver is that Sterling was handed to him on a platter. You know, they, they had tapes. There, there was no, they didn't need an investigation. All you had to do is press play on thousands of recordings of that fool showing you what kind of a disgusting human being he was. And without those tapes, the, the you know, the, the way I'm taking this is the NBA is broadcasting to all of its owners. Just don't get directly caught. You know, like we'll protect you. We are, we understand that you run this thing. And if there's drama, we'll look into it. But as long as there's not a smoking gun, you'll probably be okay. And that's, that's a very scary idea to, to put out there. You know, um, yeah, I, I, it, that's the way it hit me. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we have to remember or just factor in that the Adam Silver's bosses are the owners, yep. you know, Roger Goodell's bosses are the NFL team owners. So, you know, as a commissioner of a league, you know, you come in and I think, um, you know, like 
Roger Goodell isn't my favorite commissioner either. I, I think he's had some missteps. Um, but when he first started, he was ambitious and had a lot of things to say that sounded like the right things. And, you know, you fast forward um, almost a decade and, you know, it's he's been kind of muted a little bit. And I think that's what you're starting to see a little bit with Adam Silver. So, um, you know, it, it's probably fair to wonder if it's not the job that creates that um, kind of humbling and, and knocking them down a few pegs in terms of what they can and can't do and should, shouldn't do. Um, whereas it's more so just the pressure of the people who are your bosses and who ultimately, you know, right. are proving your position like that at some point has to weigh on you. And it, it feels like it caught up to Adam Silver a little bit. I mean, hopefully the culture of the league is ultimately winning out. I mean, Sarver is losing the team. You know, I bet you he would prefer to keep this team as opposed to the profit he's having. And I've always given the league credit for that. Uh, the the simplest and stupidest example I can give you in the way I've perceived the difference. You know, Kaepernick takes a knee and the NFL freaks the fuck out and all the fans don't want him there and everybody tries to back out. If Kaepernick had showed up to the dunk contest and someone had jumped over him taking a knee, that person would have won, you know, immediately. And he they would have been celebrated that the NBA would have absolutely embraced that, whereas the NFL repulsed it. So I, there's still differences in the two. But I think that's why we were so disappointed with this is that we were assuming, you know, what Sarver was going to get is a giant double finger, you know, and then booting him the hell out. And instead it was a slap on the wrist and we'll see you in a year, you know? So it's, I mean, he's leaving, he's ultimately leaving, but it's not, I don't know. It's not the way I wanted it to play out. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's, it's not a good situation, not a good look. I mean, ultimately the right thing is being done, but um the the route to get here was a little bumpier than it it probably should have been oh, that's absolutely right and if you need that douchebag translator holler dude. i got it <laughs> i i mean i say a lot of douchey things so you can use it that way. it's just open offer it's hanging there for you all right let's turn to our brackets segment so as you know mt having known me for most of my life um i'm a huge bracket fan i like to use them for no reason we've done it a ton of times i think the last time you and i did a bracket we tried to figure out the greatest fictional basketball player of all time which everybody knows is teen wolf by the way and the idea that lola bunny won i still blame west for and hate everybody but we're not here to relitigate that we have a whole new case to put in front of us we got to figure out the most important member of the Warriors dynasty. I think we know who's going to win. It's really just the other fights that uh, that I'm excited to see play out. And so we've got the top 10. Bonte helped me earlier this week decipher who should be in the bracket. And then you and I are going to go through it. It's only you and I. I was so fired up to have you back. We had no guests today. There's an upside on that. The downside is we don't have somebody live to break ties. So on those moments when we hit ties, luckily I have done a little prep. I reached out to our Patreon audience and we got some uh, some votes we can use if we need it. Here are our seeds before we jump in. Seed one, Steph. Two, Clay. Three, Draymond. Four, Kerr. Five, Lacob. Six, Myers. Seven, Durant. Eight, Andre. Nine Wiggins, ten Sean Livingston. What do you think, just as a general proposition? Any of those names stick out and seem wrong? Um, I think those are the right names. Um, can't believe you didn't put in Kavana Lajuan. Um, I think Iggy's seating is probably a, the only one that I might quarrel with. Um, 
you know, he's the NBA Finals MVP. So that's it's a pretty low ranking. But, you know, maybe maybe this is the Cinderella bracket. Is there a player on earth whose game is more different than Kevon Looney than Hakeem Olajuwon? I mean, like, <laughs> I, if you had said, like, Spud Webb, I would have thought, like, well, you know, maybe they both block shots occasionally. I, I don't – there's never been a dream shake scenario at any time, anywhere with Looney. Yeah, but there was 20 rebound games where he was the man in our MVP, so I'll take it. I I missed your terrible analogies. It's good to have them back (laughs) in my life, man. That one really landed. All right, we start with our playing games, and these feature two of maybe our most difficult matchups right from the jump, man. Um, So, and the 9-10 slot is Andrew Wiggins for Sean Livingston. Who is more important to the Warriors dynasty between those two? I'm going to go Livingston. Wiggins was critical and probably one of the main reasons outside of Steph that we won the last championship. But in terms of dynasty, um, he has he has to do it a few more times. And Sean has been part of the organization longer. So I'm going to go Livingston. So the upside on this is whoever wins, they're just winning the right to be the sacrificial lamb to Steph in the one seed. You know? And so because of that, I'm going to use it to underline really the definition. We're talking about who's the better player or what's going on in the future. Well, there's no question. It's Andrew Wiggins, you know, and and we've talked about how much we believe in him and, and all of that. But that's not what this is. This is about how they've contributed up until now. And the long and short of it is Livingston was a part of more championship teams, is still on the coaching roster. So I love Wiggs. You know, he is he is one of us now, dude. And if I could only pick one going forward, of course, it would be Andrew. But for this one, you and I are on the uh, on the same page. It's Livingston. All right. Here's a barn burner. Seven verse eight. Kevin Durant versus Andre Iguodala. Um, so I, I'll, I'll let you uh, chew on this. I'll go first. This is almost impossible. So as much <laughs> resentment as I have towards Kevin Durant. You know, and I do because we could have been one of the greatest teams of all time for a remarkable, for a decade. And and he left us for that. But you can't, you know, short hop what he did. He was an MVP for two fucking titles. He was an unbelievable player. He helped anchor perhaps the best roster we've ever fielded. So I understand who the hell he is. But the other side, man, Andre's been a part of every one of these titles. And then maybe more important, he was the first free agent domino. Right. I mean, it was his decision to walk from Denver that kind of separated us from like this up and coming team to wait a minute. This team is going to win a title. And then everybody he, he broke the floodgates. Everybody else followed in. So it's if, if the question was, who's a better player? It's Durant 10 times out of 10. But if it's who contributed to the Warriors dynasty more, I think I'm going Andre. I think Durant doesn't make it out of the play in game, um, which feels both scandalous and emotionally right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm actually going with Iggy too. Um, I think there can be an argument made that the first three championships didn't necessarily establish a dynasty, that it took this fourth one for the dynasty to be solidified. Um, you know, you can kind of you know quibble with that. Um, so, but also to your point, Andre leaving the Nuggets was the first dom- was the first domino and then you look at kind of his mentorship and what he's meant to the organization that's kind of the very definition of being yep. important to a dynasty and you know he, we've seen countless interviews where he said um he's playing right now 
for Steph's legacy. And the fact that he has taken that approach, you can just extrapolate that and say, where does that, how does that permeate throughout everything? Like when GP2 is having, you know, like the lapsed moments of, of concentration or, or making, you know, silly plays, like the first person off the bench on his head was Iguodala. When, you know, Kaminga is out here, you know, getting slandered by Stephen A. Smith about his offseason, he's not working hard enough. Iguodala is the first one to say, no, I'm on his head. I'm I'm watching him. I don't know where he got that. To me, he's doing everything he needs to. Like, Andre is that consummate kind of player. He's our Udonis Haslam from the Miami Heat, um, except he's still playing on the floor more. And I think arguably, you know, KD was more of a mercenary and and – uh, Iggy was more of a central piece. More than anything, I'm proud that you were able to fit in another terrible analogy with the Udonis Haslam <laughs> thing. So nicely played there. Uh, that was uh, that was fantastic. No, the the Steph cheerleading cannot be underestimated. I mean, before anybody else was talking about this dude was you know as a legend, as a top two player, uh, you know, in the league, Andre was ahead of that. Uh, so I love that. Also, perhaps most importantly. Andre has retweeted us before. So I feel like that pushes him into the second round on its own, dude. So off he goes. We have our top eight. We are set. To be fair, though, KD did listen to our podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, I and assaulted Connor in the locker room because of the things that were said on that. Also, if Durant would like to come back on, he will win this fucking bracket. I am for sale. I feel like all of us know that. All right. Let's get to an easy matchup. So, again, at the risk of overplaying this, we know who wins it. Steph is going to win this. That's not ultimately the, uh, the the reason why we're going through this exercise. The reason we're going through this exercise is conversations like we just had. Andre versus KD really entertains me. And we've got another barn burner coming up in a second. Let's get there first by dispatching this next matchup. Steph versus uh, Sean Livingston. Steph for obvious reasons. Yep, Steph for obvious reasons. So the thing that might let's wait to give Steph his full bouquet of flowers until we crown him as the champion, you know, so we don't have to do it on every round. Um, Steph goes, all right, here is the matchup um, that I might be looking forward to the most. And I asked Bonte his opinion on this and he couldn't give me a response. He went down both rabbit holes and then ended up with no real answer. And I've done this with friends and they did the same thing to me. They've talked themselves around in circles. So I'm going to let you go first. I want you to talk me into an answer. It's the four-five matchup. It's Steve Kerr versus Joe Lacob. Oof! All right. So Joe Lacob, as the owner, he comes in, shakes things up, does a terrible introduction, gets booed at the stadium, trades away fan favorites. This is how you start Lacob. I mean, this yeah. guy's fucking changed our for, entire franchise, and this is where you go for, for an Aussie with a broken elbow. Um, yeah, and then you have Steve Kerr, the guy who was supposed to go to the Knicks, never coached before, didn't do terribly well as uh, front office for the Suns. Um, yeah, that's tough. So Steve Kerr has implemented the culture that I think is solidified him as one of the better coaches to ever coach in the game of basketball. It's not necessarily his X's and O's and and how he game plans, but his ability to coach to the player and coach to the personality and coach to the person, I think, um, are talked about enough and still underrated. Um, and to, I mean, so 
what I feel, let's both throw in on these names before we either come to an answer. I'm going to make it yeah. a conversation, right? And the other thing you can add, whether it's X's and O's, whether it's culture, whether it's the people he's surrounded with, there aren't a lot of people who have won this amount of titles, dude. There's just not, you know, it's Popovich, it's Arbach, it's Jackson. I mean, the, the names he is now surrounded with are Hall of Famers and like first ballot legendary Hall of Famer. So you can't really short hop what Kerr has done for this franchise. I agree. And there's also the who he's coached and who he's played with, like to be a coach and share the floor and play the game of basketball in both sides with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you know, like pop and Phil Jackson, like those are heavy, heavy hitters. So, you know, like you are experiencing the uh, profession at the highest level. So to be, to, to hold your weight and, and be able to, hang with that is i think says a lot um the other side you got lake up an owner who you know like is willing to do what it takes to win he he puts you know his checkbook behind um you know what to say something sacrilegious something awful all right and and i like i said steph's going to win this there's no question he's number one also steph didn't win without lake I mean, you, we've, you have to say that. Now, he was a different player. You know, he was, he was much earlier in his career. He hadn't figured out everything. His ankles were still bothering him. But I'm not sure Steph, without Joe Lacob, wins a title. You know, and and he did. He flipped over all of the culture. We got it. That has to be said into a mic. I agree. And it's, and it's worth considering for this because he did help change the culture. It, it starts from the top down. If you want to um, – give an owner criticism for a culture being bad. You have to give that owner criticism when the culture is good too. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough. I can see why, why Bonte went down both rabbit holes and then didn't give you an answer. I'm going to give you one um, by the slightest of, of margins. Um, I'm going to go Steve Kerr, but it's an upset. It's a buzzer beater in double overtime. This is impossible for me. So like going forward, if I needed one of them, I think it's Kerr. You know, I think I think now that the Warriors are established, you know, and superstars want to come here and we already have the new building and the, the culture is inset, then now, you know, the I don't know if we need the super motivated. You know, you know what? That might not even be true because they're in the luxury tax and so many other owners would not pay this to keep them together. Um, and I I think what's happening for me is I want to tell you, Lacob, but I like Steve Kerr so much, you know, both on the floor and off that it breaks my heart. But I got to be honest. I think if, if I if, if you go back and you could only add one, I think it would be Lacob for me. So we have our first tie. Let's go to the Patreon. Steve Kerr via the uh -huh. Patreon vote in a uh, in about a 60 to 40 percent breakdown. It is Steve Kerr who walks away from it. I that feels right, um, but that's a hard call, man. That's a that's a brutally hard call. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a Sophie's choice. So Steve is moving on, but shout out to Joe Lacob. Um, he's an equal and critical part to this dynastic run. So um, if you have anybody to blame, blame Bram's stupid bracket. I mean, I'm not sure that's fair in any way. You know, I mean, the bracket is flawless and these seedings are phenomenal. It's just, you know, it's a tough matchup. They happen. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? 
picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. 3v6. Draymond v. Bob Myers. Another bloodbath. So the who Draymond is, we all know and is impossible to forget, you know, and so we don't have to go through how he has single handedly changed the defensive culture in Golden State or how he did things that no other player on earth could possibly do in this setting, you know, that, that he guards every position and that he is secretly just as valuable on offense as he is on defense. He's the quarterback on both sides, you know, so I won't say any of that. Instead, I'll point out that Myers was the guy who drafted fucking Draymond. Um, Myers is the guy who signed Steph in that extension in 2012 that laid the financial groundwork for them building a championship team. Some of that was Steph's ankles, but you know it's the contract that Myers engineered. And if we're giving Andre all the credit for coming here, we got to give Myers the credit for making the room. You remember that fucking trade they had to do? They, they fleeced Utah into this ridiculous uh, deal that freed up the cap room that allowed Andre to come here. You know, yeah, that's like Ekpe Udo and all those. It was just a series yeah. of losers. We, we gave them like eight dog turds and a croissant, you know, and like they took up all of uh, all the other space that we needed. So there's no question that we haven't even said that he engineered the Kevin Durant move, you know, and, and all the other guys he's brought in. So, these two, um, it, Myers is an unbelievable addition to this team. And, you know, we would not have a dynasty without him, but it's Draymond and there's no question at all. I, I think that as far as winning championships without Draymond Green, we'd have zero. And I, I genuinely believe that. So it's Draymond for me. Yeah, it's tough. First of all, croissants are delicious. So be careful with trying to denigrate those too much but well, obviously that um, was the upside of the trade the other thing was dog turds dude that's why they took it <laughs> exactly um but yeah I, I i think you know draymond is the heartbeat on the court and bob myers is the heartbeat off the court so it's just it's another really really tough decision because um there are a lot of strong arguments to be made of do you build a dynasty without the front office being um smart and prepared and prepared, meaning ready when luck strikes. Like we were lucky with the Durant contract. We were lucky with Steph's contract and extension at the time. Um, we were lucky with some of the picks we got, but there's also, you know, like 
Lefebvre is their prepared and Bob Myers won GM of the year for a reason. And he's respected. And a lot of the players talk about um, the fact that when Bob goes and pitches you on something and, you know, like they're open to it, like Steph and Draymond and Steve Kerr usually end up closing the deal. But the reason why you're even in the room is because Bob Myers has that sway and has that um, pull to, to get you to listen and get you to consider it. So um, you're not going to say Myers. No I, I think it's, I think it's closer than, than you were alluding to, but I, I agree. I think it's Draymond. You can't championships are one on the court ultimately. Um, and Draymond is, is a key reason why we, we have four rings. I mean, I was going to say something crazy like Draymond's play on the defensive end um, almost equals Steph's on the offensive end. And I won't go that far, but I will say that Draymond is a wizard and has helped change that side of the ball almost as much as Steph has changed the defensive side. I mean, he he is at the forefront of the switch everything that everybody else has now taken on to, you know, I mean, he, he was like one of the first dudes that allowed them to do that. So I, I think he deserves this win. Here's our last one. And we'll do the second round next week. It is clay Thompson versus Andre Iguodala. We, yeah. We spoke about Andre's upsides and I'll add an extra one. You talked about him being a mentor. I just listened to a podcast, uh, the real ones that Steve Kerr appeared on. And what he underlined was that right now, Andre is acting as the mentor for Kuminga. And that's another one of the reasons they're hoping that Andre signs a contract is that they want that leadership this year, you know, for this next series of guys who are going to keep the title window open. Yeah. No, I think it, it's all great points. And uh, Iggy is, is, you know, like one of the key reasons why and for all the reasons we said. Um, but I think Clay is just in another step above that um you know he's a splash brother for a reason it's not just because it's a catchy name like he is legitimately one of the better shooters the league has ever seen he you know holds records he scored 37 points in the quarter he's scored 60 points on 11 dribbles he's you know done all these crazy things but also at the end of the day it's it's the moments where he plays the biggest are the ones the reasons why we want like we get out of oklahoma city um, you know, that year, not because Steph is doing great or because of Draymond's defense, those contributed to it, but it's because of game six clay. Okay. And, you know, that became a thing for a reason and it stayed a thing for a reason. So um, the dynasty was, was one on the court. Like I said, Draymond, huge con- contributions on the defensive end and leadership and quarterback in the team. But without that shooting alongside Steph, to help that gravity be even more of a force multiplier for the team. Um, I don't think they win. So it's, it's, it's clay to me pretty easily. You know how many people sign a toaster and change a season? <laughs> you know, I mean, just none. I mean, like it's, it's those kind of super random ass things. You know, how many players talk about scaffolding and end up being a motivational force? I mean, the, the, who he has been off the floor is as unique as anything can possibly be. We will never see Somebody with with his combination of aloofness and directness and funny and serious. And, you know, he he is one of those galvanizing forces that when he's in the locker room, we've heard this from so many beat writers that everybody is drawn to them or drawn to him, even when they don't know him well, which is invaluable. And I think his value on the court is even more valuable. You know, the you mentioned his shooting. We talk about his defense. 
his ability to lock up the other team's best perimeter player is what allowed Steph to figure out how to be Steph. You know, it's 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 what allowed him to to run as much as he does on the offensive end because he gets to save a little gas on the defensive end. You know, put differently, there's a reason why Clay is the second seed when we're talking about the top ten people who have created a dynasty. I love Andre. I love Andre, but it's Clay here. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, and you saw Clay during the playoffs. Um, I think right towards the finals when he was like. How's this feel? And he was like, it's great. He said, Wiggs is here to run around and guard the the toughest guy. So I don't have to. And he's like, yeah. that's saving me a ton of energy. And it's like, you know, like he that's what he admitted right there. Like he's not back yet. Wiggs is taking that on. And, you know, to to your point, it, Clay's personality is is infectious and it drives part of the culture too. And it 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 absolutely makes playing different for the franchise. And, you know, the the other quick point that dichotomy we used to look at clay as this ultimate iron man remember he was like it was that one game and it was a playoff series where somebody fell over him and they he got his leg caught in between the two legs and it would have snapped any other human being's leg in two and clay just kind of gets up and like looks at his leg like oh that kind of hurt and then he just keeps running and scores another 20 points and then to juxtapose that with two full years of him being hurt to the point he can't play i think made us forget just how much of an Ironman he he put in some Kevon Looney type of seasons where he was there. You mean Kevon Olajuwon? Yeah, exactly. Kevon Olajuwon. Um, and, you know, like, so hopefully he'll get back to that and he will be long past the days of him missing large chunks of games. But, um, you know, the reason why we are a dynasty is also because Clay Thompson was available and they say the best ability is availability and he was there. Give you three random ass bullet points, right? Let me tell you, like, take away Clay. Let's say that I was talking about Charles Oakley. Let's say during a championship parade, Charles Oakley got so fucking hammered, he lost his championship ring, he lost his hat, and he accidentally trucked a woman walking down the street. <laughs> it would fit right into who we think, you know, Oak is a bully, and like, oh, why is he drinking like that? And like, it's great, it adds to his legacy, but you're not thinking like, oh, good old Oak, you know, it, it would be this kind of nasty connotation. Well, those three things are exactly what Clay Thompson did, exactly and I have watched them as many times as I can. I've, I have YouTube them every time. And I've never thought, oh, what an asshole. I've always thought like, oh, hooray, it's Clay. Like he's doing Clay things. The woman he trucked in the middle of the street, I bet you left thinking, I love Clay. Oh, like, exactly. I'm so happy that happened. <laughs> you don't, the amount of goodwill you have to build up for that to happen organically is, is again, it's an impossible thing to replicate, you know? And so, no, it's, it's clay is as much as a portion of the, the, the fabric of this culture as Steph is. And, you know, we love Andre, but clay moves on. So here now are our remaining seeds and we will tackle these next week. Matchup. Number one, Steve Kerr, versus Steph Curry matchup. Number two, and it'll be another, Difficult conversation, Draymond Green v. Clay Thompson. Um, so we'll save those. We'll consider this a tease, and we'll pick it up next week. Uh, but for now, let's move on to a segment that we have not done for hell of long, almost as long as you've been gone, but it hasn't been a decade, for, so I mean, not, not quite that long. It's our look around the league. So for this one, I no longer lead it. We pass it off to Marcus. MT has looked around the league, picked three stories that caught his attention. We will then select one of those and dig in. MT, what do you got? First of all, if you haven't 
if you've done this around, look around the league while I wasn't here, who stood in for you, for me and did it? Is it right? That hell of times. It was great. We had, a, we had a, so much more fun. I didn't yeah. want to tell you about it. It's awkward that you brought it up now, but I mean, if you really want to know, uh, it was, we, we brought a bunch of other people whose initials were also MT. We didn't notice a difference at all. It, it worked out, worked out really great. Terrible. Well, that MT is, is terrible. That's so it. good. They're so good. Here's three, three better off the, I look around the league <laughs> stories right here. Um, first, just all the injuries that have happened before the league has ever started. So just a few Robert Williams from the Celtics um, needs knee surgery. Shy Gilgis Alexander from the Oklahoma City Thunder needs knee surgery. Lonzo Ball needs knee surgery. A, a bunch of people are hurt um, and having surgeries that will impact their availability for the start of the season. Gallinari. Out for the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we could talk about the injuries that are happening before anybody even plays uh, the first game. Uh, number two, so that one's on the court. Then we have a couple off the court ones. Um, number two, Ime Doka, head coach of the Celtics, has um, in the middle of allegations that he has had an affair uh, with a staff member of the Boston Celtics. Um, <laughs> there are some more details around. There are allegations about it. If we want to talk about um, that story and the allegations around it, we can dive into that. Um, and the third story is Doc Rivers. So Doc Rivers um, has is active on Twitter and eight of his last nine tweets that he has liked from his personal verified account um, are pornography tweets. So <laughs> we can dive active into on Twitter. I don't exactly, know how active he is. He's been on exactly. recently. Yeah, exactly. What kind of off season is, does Doc Rivers have? Is is the third topic? Okay, so I should say Hudoka. You know, I mean, for obvious reasons, it impacts the Warriors, and like it's it's entertaining. We got to figure out how it's going to ultimately screw over the Celtics. But I think we both know I'm going Rivers here. <laughs> that that story is endlessly entertaining to me. I love that this happened to him. Um, so my vote is Rivers, with the exception that we we at least answer one question about Udoka. What do you think? Are you on board? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so let's get the Udoka thing out of the way. The suggestion is that he may be suspended for the whole season. Um, I, I saw it first. And the other thing that's interesting about this is that th there's this ongoing reporter war going on in the NBA, right? It's Wojnowski and it's Shams. And generally we're talking like if somebody gets information seconds before, they tweet it out at 5.04 and 13 seconds and 5.04 and 15 seconds, you know, they're, they're, there's a scoreboard. One of them is one. And so we saw that play out in this one. The Udoga thing was first Woj. And Woj came out and said, all right, there's going to be a suspension. And then Shams is almost a fuck you said, well, I know what it's for. It looks like it's an unnecessary relationship, right? But as the stories come out, the suspension has gotten longer. We heard that it was going to be not the full season. Now it sounds like it is. So... Boston is the team I'm afraid of, MT. You know, they add Brogdon. I, before Growlin Ali got hurt, I thought he fucking made him better. So my question to you is, losing Edoga for the season, this hurts them, right? I mean, like, does this knock him down a peg in your mind? I think so. I mean, he was the, the coach, right? As much credit as we give Steve Kerr for being our coach and leading the way, I think you have to give that to Doka too, because – they Boston was not a good team the first half of last season. Right. They were under sub 500. Um, it took a crazy run for them to get to the finals. Um, are they more talented than any other team in the league? Probably. Um, Gallo going down hurts that a little bit, but they're still a really deep team and scary. So um, 
you know, the Warriors fan in me is not upset at all because I think it knocks them down a peg. Um, but you know, the, the basketball and just human side of me is like, that's a tough situation. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. The, the allegations are that it's not just one, um, Celtic staff member. Not only that, it's not just one person. Um, it's not just one person that is also a Celtic staff member. So multiple Celtic staff members and allegedly one of the staff members is married to a higher up of this Celtics organization, a VP level. So um, that is just the epitome of, of shitting where you eat. So, you know, like I, I know it's, it's hard to resist temptations and it sounds like, you know, it was consensual, but you still just can't do that. Like that's just, it's doing too much. So um, self-inflicted wounds on that. And it, uh, you know, not to be lost in all this, you're married, married or with Nia Long. Like, what are you doing? I've had a crush on her since love Jones. My boy, Mac reached out and said, how the hell could he do this to her? And then shot me a picture working uh, in quick order here so that we can turn to doc rivers. One, who are these people who shit where they, eat like i just don't i don't understand who would ever do that do they bring food into the bathroom are they shitting in the kitchen like the, the whoever that is they've made giant mistakes in their life and they need <laughs> to re-examine where they found themselves too people are so selfish you know i mean like they the the celtics are on the precipice of returning to the glory land you know and like everybody knows that udoka first year first year leads them to the finals he is at the top of the mountain all he has to do, MT, is not fuck the people around him. You know, just don't do that. Just don't have sex. And even then, he's like, oh, I have to. It has to happen. You know, like, just they can, they, we are we are just animals at heart. And then finally, three, does this knock the Celtics down? Of course it does. Of course it does. Uh, one of the terms we hear for winning a championship is getting over the hump. Well, the Celtics were right at the top of that mountain. They were right there, and they just added the pieces we felt that probably would have brought them over the hump. Well, the foundation of how they got that high was just pulled out from under them. You know, whoever this next coach is, however good they are, they're not going to they're going to have to instill their system. They're going to have to get used to these players. There is going to be a learning curve, meaning that they don't start at the top of that mountain anymore. You know, they're going to have to work their way back up to it. So that whole advantage is taken away. All right, Doc Rivers, dude, give me some uh, give me some details on this story. So my my understanding is for and for people who don't necessarily have Twitter accounts, you know, you the. Generally speaking, you have a Twitter account. People can see what you tweet out there. But what Doc Rivers didn't know is that people, his followers, can also see the tweets that he likes. Am I right about that? Is that the mistake that was ultimately made? That's correct. There's a a tab that you can click that if you're following said person on Twitter, you can see the other tweets from other accounts that that person has liked. So the followers, somebody from that follows Doc Rivers, went into the tweets that he liked and he looked at the last eight or so likes and they all had a common theme and they were all like porn scenes right there i mean like they were like literally like the little clips, clips. of pornography <laughs> yeah. and the idea that he would fire off eight in a row you know like i mean he was just down he's like you know what i need to spend a little time on this timeline and how many porn sites is he following dude like how did he did it how long was it like over a period of a half an hour he had eight likes was it in like two minutes he's just firing off a bunch of scenes <laughs> this <laughs> This one, and I like this one. 
<laughs> he's like, I cannot get enough. And can you imagine the cold sweat that hit him when someone gave him a call and was like, oh, they can see the likes, you know? And like he, and that person, they probably had to like beat around the bush because you don't want to immediately be like, yo, like we see that you are, you like, you know, bareback Jones, you know, the third, like who knows what the fuck he's hitting like on. And so they have to say like, uh, Coach Rivers, do you know that people can see your activity? Like, how do you even phrase that warning? Right. Have you ever heard of Kevin Durant's burner account strategy? (laughs) (laughs) I think you've been hacked. I think there's a hacking situation, which, by the way, is what he said, right? That's what they, yeah, that's what he said. (laughs) I was, I was hacked for those eight likes and then the hacker went away and it's now mining. (laughs) So what's your personality? So this, this would not happen to you. You you know, you're not a big porn guy, at least allegedly. I don't know. We've never had a porn (laughs) conversation, but let's say, and, and, you know, you, you've made some mistake. You've liked some things you should not have. And it's brought out to you. So you've got one of two options. You can just own up to it. Like, ah, you know, I'm a human. And then, you know, man, I'm, I'm sorry that you got to see this part of me, but it is what it is. We all make mistakes. My bad. Or would you go the completely fucking unbelievable, I've been hacked. This definitely wasn't me. The person hacked into it just to like eight porn accounts, and then they unhacked it and turned it back to me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you have to go with the first one just because the second one is so unbelievable. It's like if if you just own up to it and just be like, yeah, whatever, is me, and then you just move on. Like, I think people people will grab onto the story more if you deny it and if you try to explain it away. If he just it owns up to it, you know, it's kind of like Kevin Durant's strategy. He's like, yeah, I have a burner account. Yeah, I go on here and, and talk shit right. to people. Like, and people are like, oh, well, that's just him. He's a sensitive. So I think that's the strategy you have to go with. The that I was hacked and <laughs> like eight <laughs> different things. And then I was unhacked. Like, it's just, this is too unbelievable. So uh, too unbelievable. But like if I came and like slapped somebody and then they came up, it was like, why'd you slap? It was like, no, it wasn't me. It was a guy in a brand mask. Like, I don't know why they did that. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, well, and especially in light of what Duran has done now, Durant doesn't have burner accounts anymore. It seems like it seems like he is just uses his account and shows vulnerability and shows mistakes. And we all accept that now. It's kind of an okay thing to do. So I think if Rivers had gotten some kind of public relations advice, I think that's what they would have told him to do. Now, what would I have done? I bet you I would have fucked it. So I specialize in trying to do the right thing, but not doing it the right way and getting no credit. You know, like Erica, my wife will ask me to help like move stuff out of her classroom or something because she's a teacher and I'll go and do it but I'll bitch the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh, it's a Saturday. Like, I don't want. And so I end up having to. It's so heavy. It. it sucks. <laughs> do I work here? This doesn't feel like my job. Why am I doing it? So I end up helping and then getting no credit for it. I bet you would be something like that here. You know, like I would open up with the, I got hacked. I can't believe I got hacked. And then realizing it was total bullshit, try to seem vulnerable. You know, like, okay, <laughs> it was me. But because I've already pissed everybody off, they would just be like, uh, like filthy porno Bram and his stupid. <laughs> lies like there would not be any upsides to it dude. porno brand is a funny nickname <laughs> that comes back up i will never forgive you you shut up okay. let's erase that as quickly as we can yeah no i mean it's just it's interesting strategy by doc rivers he has reportedly like been um separated from his wife and for years now and is just you know a single guy and dating but if you just come out and just say that like yeah, I'm single and the road is a lonely place. I think everybody would have been like, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, here's a shock. 
most people probably watch porn on their computers. Dude. Not all of us like it on Twitter, but you know, to each his own, to each his own. Like, I, of course, people would have accepted in, in a in a scandalous twist. I think it would have made him more likable. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I, I the showing humanity now is totally acceptable. And, you know, I, I think we would have associated with him as opposed to the no, it was a man in a Doc Rivers mask who hit liked there. Like, I don't I don't <laughs> understand really what went down. Yeah, you should have seen the 38 ones. I realized I liked after that. <laughs> Are you surprised they didn't go back on and like like 150 like Christian organizations? It was just like, it's like, bam, 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 like hella likes. Like, oh my God, I, this is, I love this nun. This nun's the best. FYI, this is not me being hacked. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I've wrestled control back from the hacker. <laughs> Thank God I was able to cyber fucking secure my own Twitter account. In a mere two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I am known. That's uh, that's exactly right. We didn't get to hear what you would have done, though. So the right thing, you're right. The right thing is to admit it. If you, you, know, you get caught in this, what's your personality trait? What do you think happens? I like to think that I would just admit it and try to show humanity, but part of me feels like I'd panic in the moment and exactly just right. deny it and, and call it a hacker too. And then be like, ah, oh, shit, I should have went the other way. You're that. Cause that's the exact truth is that if you get some time, you know what I mean? Like if you sit there, you get like a few hours, you get a conversation in, you get somebody else to explain this thing to you, you're probably going to be totally fine. But very few people give themselves time between emotional decisions, you know. And so, like the second that staffer called them and said, "Ooh, you know, there's been some likes," you immediately you're going with the "Oh, hacked, hacked, like a thousand times hacked." I can't believe this. And then it's too late, you know. Then you like then now you're stuck in the hack boat, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> now you're a porno bram, and everybody knows it. Exactly. There's no turning back. No turning back. Keep that in, Maxime. Keep that in. <laughs> MT, we missed you. It is phenomenal to have you back. For those out there listening, please know we will be back next week to tackle the second half of this bracket with some difficult decisions. You want to get us a golden question for next week. Weigh in on this bracket. Let us know that Porno Bram is not an appropriate nickname. Anything, you can shoot us an email to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Our uh, Twitter account remains I've been hacked or at I've been hacked. And uh, with that in mind, go Warriors and hopefully. See you next week. Good, good. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.